successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello everyone and welcome to the Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today on KMBZ 980 AM or if you're joining me on podcasts or on GrillNationShow.com. I greatly appreciate it. Also, we're up on YouTube as well as on uh, my social media. We are excited about today's show. We're joined again today by a wonderful collaborator with the Grill Nation Show, Landmark National Bank. Their website is BankLandmark.com. They bring on a guest each and every month here on the Grill Nation Show. And uh, very lucky to have back Sayred Paris, who's a vice president at Landmark National Bank. Uh, welcome back to the show. How are you today? I'm great. Glad to be back, Jason. It's great to have you back. How have things been going with you and uh, since we last saw you? Uh, things have been good. Busy. Let's talk about who we're going to have on the show today. So October is National Women's uh, Small Business Month. And so um, it's great to be able to have a, a female business owner on the show today. Um, Cheryl Vickers is going to join us. She she has worked in um, many roles within the commercial real estate um, industry and owns her own brokerage, small sh- short-term rental uh, portfolio management company, and um, is involved in mentoring other women in the business. And so I think we're going to have a great conversation with her today. Yes, she's, she's got a lot of different hats she wears, it looks like, kind of like yes. me. Because um, when she sent over her bio, I tried to get as much as I could into the preview on the show. And uh, I, I had a, I had a character limit, so I had to like you know cut it up a little bit because she's got a lot of really cool investment uh, and commercial real estate and you know consulting uh, organizations as well as investment type things she does. So I'm excited to have her on, and also excited to have her on and talk about kind of the the, the wired group that she set up and kind of the women's uh, why why it was important to do that at this time mm-hmm. uh, and why and how it's growing and, and what she thinks about kind of the future in that realm as well. Yeah, exactly. That's how I got to know her was through the Wired uh, group, uh, as you mentioned, and I know she'll talk more about that, but just focused on, you know, bringing up more women to take on commercial developments and investments and feel confident that that they have the skills and the know how to do that. And she just shares her knowledge um, and kind of pours into into women in that group. And so, yeah. Yeah. When I was when we were looking at some questions for today's show, I just. I, I think I'm just going to let her talk. Let's just let's just start the ball rolling. We have some we have some specific <laughs> yeah. things we want to talk about, but I think we'll uh, we'll, we'll we won't really need sure. those questions as much as we thought we might because uh, she has a lot of things that we can discuss. So that's exciting. Yeah. I'm excited to have sure. her on the show. Uh, Cheryl Vickers will be joining us here after the break. Uh, we have about five minutes left in this segment, Sarah. I want to really kind of dive into kind of some of the things that you've been doing at Landmark National Bank. Uh, I know you guys have been very active in 
giving back to the community. Uh, tell us about some of the exciting things you've been doing. So last week, we took the the bank holiday that we, we normally have as our day off, and um, all of our bank associates across the, the footprint um, served in the communities and kind of lent a hand in, in any capacity that they could. And so we did things like prepare and deliver meals and pick up trash in the community, worked on landscaping projects, volunteered at vet hospitals and women's shelters. So um, just just really made it personal to each and every community that we're in. So here in Kansas City, our mortgage group and all of our branch employees gathered together at the Kansas City Culinary Center, who I know you're familiar with. Um, we had them on the show, thanks to you all. We did, uh, yeah. I still have um, not been there yet. That was during COVID. <laughs> well, you need to. I know. Yeah. So you, got, you guys went there, huh? We did. Yeah. So we had, you know, they had it well prepared for us with stations set up so we could prepare a great meal for um, people at Newhouse, which is a domestic uh, violence shelter that's just focused on whole person healing and kind of breaking those trauma cycles. And uh, collectively, I think we had you know, 30 some employees and we made over 150 meals that we got to share with the new house. So um, kind of one of those full circle moments where you get to support a customer, but also, um, you know, kind of collectively give back to the community, um, you know, and make that impact, which is always, um, which always a great rewarding. Uh, what, what, what is the time commitment for that? And how, how many meals potentially do you make? I think that's a great, a great way for other businesses to kind of get engaged in, in charity work because I know that um, there's a fear in our in our society that uh, because of all the changes that are happening with with since COVID with work from home or remote work that that maybe organizations don't have uh, as many kind of giving back type days because maybe they don't see each other as much in person and I, I've heard that from different nonprofits so I'm interested to hear kind of what the commitment was because I believe that we need to continue doing things like this. So obviously Culinary Center does a great job of putting together those cooking classes so it can really be I think scaled up to to really you know as small of a group or as big of a group as you want um you know it was still a great team building up um opportunity for us as a team also as you mentioned where we don't all see each other every day um but you know we're are, are part of the same team and 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 so we got to collectively you know put our hands really <laughs> to work um literally um in creating those meals so um yeah, I think, you know, we had about 35 people at, at seven different stations and and uh, got to make a great meal. I mean, chicken spadini and orzo pasta and the whole fixing. So you got you, you were really you were really cooking some good food. I uh, yeah, I'd love to get over there at some point. I wanted to learn how to cook because I'm not I don't I don't really cook very much. And I I feel like at some point I need to need to kind of step up my game. I uh, I love the food you just mentioned though. That's that those sounded good. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, got, you guys are very engaged in the community. Where is your uh, where's your kind of your corporate office, or where do you guys mostly hang out at as far as Landmark National Bank? Locally, we've got branches in Overland Park, Nexa, and Prairie Village, um, and we also have a mortgage department um, officing in Overland Park as well. So. Um, kind of diversified across those those branches, but collectively 
You're doing a lot of great things. And your website, again, is banklandmark.com. And if you go to the website, they have um, all kinds of great information and, and honestly, a blog as well that answers a lot of questions about what's going on right now with everything, um, You know how they can help you, how you can be engaged with them. Uh, they're definitely uh, a very uh, community-based and connecting-based bank. And obviously, they work with a lot of businesses and growing companies in our region and entrepreneurs. And that's why they're such a great partner with the show, because we get to meet those people. And today, we're going to meet uh, Cheryl Vickers, who's going to be joining us here in uh, a few seconds. Uh, and we're going to talk about kind of her background, what she's what she's done in her journey, uh, a lot of different things, a lot of different things with commercial real estate, site selection, She's become a super host with Airbnbs and has investment opportunities that she's she's working on as far as having that uh, reoccurring revenue, I guess you would say, for the future. Uh, and so at some point, maybe we all and her especially can retire. And uh, she's been working mm-hmm. and hopefully going to be working more with Landmark Bank, uh, National Bank. So we're going to be joined with her by her in just a second. I want to thank again Landmark National Bank for joining me. Sherrod Parrish, Vice President at the bank. We'll be right back with more of the Grill Nation show. Thanks for joining us today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on KMBZ 980 AM via radio. If you're joining today on podcasts, we're on Spotify, uh, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. Thank you so much. And if you're uh, joining us on watching us on YouTube or on my uh, social media, we greatly appreciate it. You connect with me and the Grill Nation show at any time on Twitter at Jason Grill. And at Grill Nation Show. Also, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Jason Grill. Just search for my name. Also on YouTube now, you can just search for Jason Grill and all of our shows will pop up, all of our sneak peeks, all of our great guests. You can watch us. You can listen to us. We really appreciate your support and uh, obviously appreciate everyone watching every week and listening every week. We are joined again today by our great collaborator with the show, Landmark National Bank. Sherrod Parrish is uh, with us today. She has joined us on the show in the past and just does a great job as a, uh, a guest host and contributor as well. Uh, and today we're also joined by Cheryl Vickers, who is just a outstanding entrepreneur and has been invested in and worked in uh, multiple businesses that she's owned. So I want to welcome her to the show. Cheryl, I really don't know which business you want me to introduce you for, but you you know, you're at Select Sites, you have other companies we're going to talk about. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, Jason. Hi, Sayard. Good to Hi. see you. Well, let's first start off with just some basic background information on you, Cheryl. Talk to us about kind of, you know, your background and your businesses that you're currently involved with. Yeah. So commercial real estate, you will find, I think people mostly come in two different ways. One is through their family business. It's a legacy industry. So a lot of times, uh, families that own and work in commercial real estate, the kids kind of come in that way. And that's not the way I came into it. Um, The other way, I think people fall into commercial real estate by accident. So um, oftentimes, neurodivergent people who have lots of interests and and maybe have a sales personality um, will end up in commercial real estate because uh, you get to interact with people, you get to deal with property, there's no limit to your income. So uh, most people that I've I've met 
didn't really have a plan to be in commercial real estate. It just happens. Mm-hmm. It definitely just happens a lot of times. That's true. So you, you're at SelectSitesLLC.com. What, yeah. what does that business do? Select Sites is a site selection company. So I work with retailers and restaurants and I do site selection for the retailer or restaurant. So tenant representation is really my specialty. Um, I started at uh, Cohen Esri back in um, 1996. So I've been in the business 26 years. And my mentor at the time was, uh, uh, before Red Development was created, um, was Dan Lowe, who uh, did a lot of retail tenant rep and ended up uh, being a shopping center developer. But I learned, you know, um, touring Costco or Lowe's or Chipotle around the market and really liked representing the tenant rather than representing the, the property. Um, Indian Springs Mall was one of the, the properties I had to represent as a um, rookie in the business. You kind of get all the crappy listings. And um, <laughs> so I had to work on some pretty, pretty bad dog listings and really didn't like it. So the retail tenant representation piece where you're, you're picking people up at the airport, you're showing them your city, you're, you're an expert in every um, small market um, in the whole metro area. So you know the landlords, you know um, uh, what vacancies are out there, what great little pockets are hot and growing. And that way you can uh, help people who want to enter the Kansas City market know where to focus. That website for that is selectsitesllc.com. Are you from Kansas City? I didn't ask you that. I'm from Kansas City. I grew up in Bonner Springs and really have lived in Kansas City my whole life. I did take a little time and and, and went to college in, uh, in Texas and in Dallas at, at North Texas and Denton, Texas. And um, love Texas. It's a, it's a big version of Kansas City, I think, a little warmer, but, but I came back home and um, really love everything about Kansas City and and wouldn't what, live anywhere what, else. I'm very interested to hear a little bit about some of the things you, you've seen over the years. You, you mentioned Indian Springs Mall. I mean, I remember driving by that many times. It's gone now, right? They tore it down? It's gone. Yeah. yeah what, 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 what have been the biggest changes you think in our community uh, as far as your industry? Well, back when I started, I think we had nine regional malls and closed regional malls. And now Oak Park Mall is still um, still an enclosed regional mall. All of them kind of turned an inside out portion. When you drive by Oak Park now, you know, you'll see the Barnes and Noble faces outward and Ward Parkway Mall turned inside out. Um, Independent Center has that whole area at the entrance that's uh, got exterior entrances and so uh, several malls, Metro North was basically scraped and is being redeveloped now by Dave and Dan Horn. Um, and so now lifestyle centers uh, are in the market like Zona Rosa, Legends, Town Center Plaza. So so the regional malls are really a thing of the past. You might remember Mission Mall. I worked on that mall. Um, so, yeah, so the, the regional malls really aren't, aren't um, as strong anymore. Well, I remember going to Metro North Mall because I grew up in the Northland. And, um, you know, we had the balloons in there, the hot air balloons. Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, back in the day, you know, you know, and as a child of the late 70s, early, I guess I was born in 79. When we go to Metro North Mall, we could stand there at that balloon area and just that was that was all we needed. You know, yeah. we, we'd have friends like nowadays kids need a lot. They just there's a lot more stuff they need to see. I mean, we were just like, cool, there's balloons in the mall. Let's go hang out. 
You just need the food court. You have the food court and the balloons, and you're happy. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, the, and the arcade. They they had arcades in the day. You might remember, and um, oh, yeah. that was that was one of the downfalls of the mall. I from I understand from the ownership that the arcades would would you know there'd be some unsupervised teens, and it would cause problems. And so yeah, the arcades are kind of the thing of the past too. <laughs> You know, let's talk a little bit about some of the other businesses you've started uh, lately. Uh, tell us about them. I know there's there's two of them that you wanted to talk about today. Well, so I'll just kind of go through them. Select sites. I'm a solopreneur, so I, I work out of my home in Prairie Village, and um, I typically run around with about ten uh, uh, strong expanding retailers. Um, several of them will be national chains. Uh, some of them will be more cool local brands. I like to think of myself as a talent scout for local retail um, restaurants and retail that uh, really do things well and are, are um, above the, the fray when it comes to mom and pop type retailers. I love to grab them and help them expand and, and build their brand. Um, so I'm always looking for those really great small retail uh, operators. Um, it, when 2008 happened um, and the, the economic crash happened as a retail and restaurant broker, with two little babies and single mom, I was, of course, in a panic of how I was going to make a living. I hadn't built up my reserves. I was really transaction to transaction. You know, being a straight commission commercial broker in the retail restaurant world is really a vertical that's pretty narrow. So when an economic crash happens, retail and restaurant can be the first thing to, to, to stop expanding. You might find a few tenants that are still strong, like, for instance, Family Dollar kept expanding because they're, they're catering to a more lower income demographic. Um, so you, you might find a few that are still signing leases in, the, in a steep downturn, but it can be pretty scary. Um, so I had to hunker down and figure out how to make it through that. And I told myself I would buy some property and build some some wealth through commercial real estate since I knew so much at that point. And the question is, how do you do it without a bunch of money in the bank? How do you do it without deep, deep pockets? How do you get, uh, uh, you know, build your net worth statement and own property without having a big nest egg or, uh, uh, you know, a trust fund or something to build your your portfolio? So. Um, I had to get creative and I was tired of watching the young hotshot brokers come in and immediately, you know, make millions of dollars. And some of us just hadn't figured it out yet. A little slower to learn. I didn't know quite how to make it happen without um, either daddy's money or uh, just my own savings. So I started buying property at the Jackson County tax sale um, because I knew where Family Dollar wanted to go. And I knew that the, the, the land assemblage was difficult in the urban core. I, um, I had to go to land bank and to the tax sale and assemble several pieces to make one acre for family dollar. And so I learned some land acquisition, uh, land assemblage skills, and dealt with those very strange, difficult processes where you don't get to study the property. You're kind of buying it sight unseen and, and taking a lot of risk, but it's very affordable. So um, I was able to buy some property without having a lot of money, but I had the insight of the end user. So I always start with the tenant. So CRV LLC was born when I started buying property, um, dedicated to making it through the next downturn because I wasn't going to have, you know, only transactional business that can dry up. I was going to have 
cash flow that could sustain me through the next downturn, knowing that the cycles happen and there's always the next downturn coming. So I did that and I got some property uh, that I ended up selling, turn around and selling to Family Dollar, to okay. the developer. And I did that twice, made some money, reinvested it in more land that I knew could be sold to a developer. And that kind of got me started. Wow. Pretty uh, invigorating. Gives me energy. It's a lot of work, but man, that's a, that's a great Ooh. story. Very successful. Um, Very risky. Very risky, yeah. It sounds like Sarah, Sarah, it sounds like Cheryl learned a lot throughout this process. Yeah, I, I think so. And that's what I admire about her is just, um, you know, this this group that she's created. Just all those lessons that were hard won kind of for her, like she wants to pour that into other women and, and be a resource for them to, to take that risk themselves. So, Well, yeah. and the, the truth is it should not take me 18 years in the business to begin building wealth and buying property. And what I'm dedicated to, uh, besides having my own insulation from downturns, is also to share that information. But also, we can all begin building wealth and commercial real estate a lot faster. I think to, to get some of the tricks of the trade and to get some insights and to feel like somebody will guide you and um, share share some of the, the steps to take earlier there you know there's no re reason women couldn't start investing and buying property the second or third year in we're going to talk more about that after the break great to have cheryl vickers and sayard paris joining me today on the grill nation show we'll be right back Welcome back to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. I appreciate you joining us today on the radio via podcast on our website, grillnationshow.com, or on YouTube. We're joined again today by Sayard Parrish from Landmark National Bank and Cheryl Vickers. Cheryl is with SelectSitesLLC.com. She also is the president of CRV LLC and Guest Suites KC, a short-term rental super host management company. Um, let's start there. What, what does that mean, Cheryl? What, what is a... Um, what is a, uh, a short-term rental superhost management company? Well, so um, I'll tell you, the quick story is I had a client down in the uh, bottoms near the new Hy-Vee Arena and near the um, stockyards, in, in the stockyards district, surrounded by restaurants and retail. And, and they had some vacant, beautiful, very modern um, apartments available, really expensive, had, you know, garages and all these amenities and they were not leasing because they were so expensive. And really, it was a tiny bit before its time. It was before the Hy-Vee Arena opened. Um, and we were leasing the office building, the Livestock Exchange building. And so I saw these gorgeous apartments. And um, and they had rental furniture. Uh, they were renting the furniture in there for a model. And I'm like, why aren't you cash flowing this beautiful space and, and renting it short term? And I hadn't done short term rentals yet. But I just knew that people would want to stay where there's retail and restaurants and walkability. And uh, so I convinced the owner to let me uh, run it as a short-term rental. You know, I figured you add some coffee, you add some toilet paper, you add some comfy sheets and some towels and, 
and you know, boom, you can get 200 bucks a night and, and pay for that space. And so I did that for Bill Haw and Carrie Amagoni for uh, three or four years. Loved it. I actually ended up returning that ugly rental furniture and, and bought the furniture to uh, trick out the space because it was such a, a gorgeous, modern, kind of concrete loft type feel that it needed really cool mid-century modern furniture. So I furnished it and it was a great creative outlet. You know, I'm doing a lot of contracts and leases and and sales every day, but this was more of the creative side. So I really loved furnishing it and then hosting people. And you're just on your app and you're just communicating with people on the app and they get themselves in the building, you know, remotely. So um, so it really is just a function of making friends with people traveling to Kansas City. They love the unit. They give you five-star reviews. And so once I had a five-star super host status and that experience under my belt, I started turning my own um, rental units from long-term rentals to short-term rentals. And then I have an Airstream camper that I had put on the market for a while for people to rent. And sometimes people want to, to rent an Airstream before they buy one or just to experience it. Cause a lot of people dream of having one, but they don't actually go buy the Airstream. So I've got a few that I manage. I manage uh, one for another property owner and I've thought about building that business it's still small, but it's lucrative. It's There's so much more um, income than just a long-term rental. And you get to really keep the property beautiful and, and upgraded and decorated. And um, it's just kind of nice to not you know lose control of a property where a long-term renter comes in and you kind of don't see it again t- for two or three years. That's interesting. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. So you So you've had a good experience with short-term rentals then? Well, I think it's it's really easy to price it at the point where you want a certain clientele. I'm very clear in my listings that it's not for a party. Or it's, I have one house that actually is a pretty good spot for a party uh, for like a, a big family or someone to come and kind of be a, a celebration spot. But if you're really clear in your listing what you will and won't allow, you can allow pets, you can not allow pets, you can allow kids, not allow kids. And so you can kind of guide people. Uh, the kind of people you want to rent your your property and, and avoid some of the things that people are probably afraid of getting their house torn up or something. You can really uh, guide that by how you list it and how you describe it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we've never had you on the show. I've been doing the show since 2012, um, and I, I, I'm, I'm shocked that we have not had you on at any capacity yet. Flying under the radar, Jason. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, um, <laughs> We're bringing her to light today. <laughs> yes, we are. Sarah, you talked about Wired uh, and kind of how you got engaged. Let, let's talk about that. Let's start there. So, Sarah, do you just want to kind of talk a little bit with, with Cheryl and, and about what Wired is and, and how you got engaged or what, what's going on with Wired and what, it, what its goals are? I got involved. They invited me me to be a part of a panel on financing real estate and just kind of helping with kind of tricks and tips to, to kind of get started and begin that conversation with a banker. Because a lot of times, you know, that's one of the last pieces to fall in line and it can be really helpful to begin those conversations early. So I, I participated in that panel and have continued to, to stay involved with them and the group and what they're doing. And um, so WIRED stands for Women in Real Estate Development, primarily focused on those commercial projects. And, and investments and development projects. Lots of women do invest in real estate, but typically start on the 
that that residential star side. And so this is kind of helping them to see the potential with with making those bigger, um, I guess, riskier investments in terms of putting their money into commercial real estate and how to make that work. Talk to us more, Cheryl, about Wire because I know that you've uh, you've been you've been really engaged in this, and and the goals really are to try to provide opportunities, mentorship, and uh, it's kind of unique because you don't you don't you have you have a podcast, you do all kinds of different things. Yeah, so um, so Wired was born about four years ago, maybe five now. Um, I was working and collaborating with Audrey Navarro of Clemens Real Estate, and she was really just. Uh, she inspired me in so many ways. She runs her own company also, Clemens Real Estate, and she's got the heart of a teacher. She was a teacher before she got in commercial real estate. She's, I just, I love spending time with her. We're great friends. She's brilliant. So, uh, so we have this uh, collaborative relationship and we both really believe collaboration is the key to success. Um, really pooling talent and, and getting people together to make things happen. So I had told her about some women I, I'm friends with in Dallas that are brokers who all tend to really work together and share information. And they just seemed a little bit, bit more connected than I felt like the women were in Kansas City. And I had observed that. And I said, you know, we should really be the mentors uh, we wish we had. We, I see these women, you know, kind of mentoring each other. And I'm, re- I'm regretful that that I didn't have that opportunity. I think that's why it's taken me 18 years to finally figure out how to, to invest and jump off the cliff and do this. And I think if we, if we were those mentors for women, we could, we could shorten that, that time frame, and, and women could get successful faster. They would also share the information and pretty soon we would build a, a giant army of women buying and developing commercial real estate and really uh, affecting their communities by uh, by by developing their own neighborhoods and their own communities it really shouldn't be outsiders coming in and, and developing property because they're the only ones that know how right we everybody should be able to develop their own uh, uh, part of the city so we started wired as a happy hour event once a month and at first we just we just hosted it like a party and we, we paid for everything and we invited all of our favorite women in the industry. And, and you could just tell immediately women were hungry for this kind of collaboration, this kind of support, this kind of mentorship where you can ask the dumb questions, you can share things you've learned. And um, so we started, you know, we started doing it once a month. We had both had virtual assistants at the time. So we were able to fit that into our busy brokerage schedules and, um, it just it just was hot. So after about a year or two, we sent out an email survey who would want to invest together. It kind of made sense. We were analyzing performance together. We were teaching women kind of how to how to analyze those investments to see if they're worth um, investing in. We had panels like uh, the panel that Sayard was on where we the, the bankers because our first investment, we actually didn't have a woman banker. And um, I really felt like if we're going to do a, a women-led investment, it would be great for the whole team. Um, but we really didn't have many women uh, lenders on our in our group. So the, the lender panel, the attorney panels, we've had the, uh, the accounting panels, the tax, you know, t- tricks panels we've had. It, it really brings us in a circle with, with other women in the industry that can support us or be vendors in our in our efforts to buy and, and develop properties. So 
so yeah, so we started investing together. Uh, we bought a million dollar property off the plaza. We're under contract wow. now on our second one, and we hope to buy a couple a year. And really, you know, my goal is that more women will feel like this is a portal into the business if they just don't have anyone um, exposing them to the opportunities of building wealth through commercial real estate. And we even want to, we're, we're forming an education committee now that we hope to even put it in front of high school girls and wow. let women know what they could be doing, you know, because you, you see these shopping centers, you don't even think about the fact you could be building them and owning them. What What is kind of the, like the, you know, the entry point, I guess you would say, for someone, you know, to, to get engaged in one of those investments, you know, okay. hypothetically. So I'll just talk about the first one. The entry point was $2,000 to uh, join the investment. And in and, and the Sayard knows, because we're in the middle of the second one now, you know, if you have 30 people that want to join, that's an opportunity for several to learn for the first time and be a part of an investment, even with a little chunk. And that can be so empowering because, of course, as you leverage your properties, that can just help you uh, build your portfolio. But also, you can just say, I own a million dollar property off of the plaza. Nobody has to know the percentage of your ownership. And um, the second one we're doing, the minimum was 5000 um, because the problem with that is if you have a big group of investors, only a few are going to guarantee that loan. The entire 20 aren't going to guarantee the note. So um, whoever's the top three, four or five are going to guarantee the bulk of it. And so they're basically taking on that risk for the benefit of the group who are learning how it's done. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, so it's a little bit challenging. And so we've, we've found some banks that will help us through that a little bit because you don't want to take on too much risk as the top investors. Well, let's start there after the break. You're listening to the Grill Nation show. Fascinating <laughs> conversation with Cheryl Vickers and Sayard Parrish. Uh, we're going to talk more about Wired here after the break. Thanks for joining us today on radio, podcast, or online. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. I want to thank Sayard Parrish from Landmark National Bank for collaborating and joining us on today's show and, and uh, connecting Grill Nation and us to Cheryl Vickers, who just does everything, president of CRV LLC. She's one of the owners of Select Sites LLC. She also owns Guest Suites KC. She's a co-founder of Wired. Uh, what does that stand for again, Cheryl? Women in Real Estate Development. Real Okay, so that's very clever. I like that. It, it stands out. I like that you capitalized it too. Um, what uh, you, you talk about mentors? You, you talk about how you didn't really have any mentors. You kind of learned. You learned through uh, trial and error, and just kind of getting yourself out there and, and working hard. Um, why do you think mentors are so needed in this specific industry as a whole? I can watch it happen and unfold under under my nose at a Wired event. When you see at one, one of my heroes. Um, is Diane Botlin, who just finished building a 44-unit apartment building in Waldo, right at 75th and Warnold. And she, you know, she is just such a trendsetter. You know, she she cares about the design. She cares about art. She cares about people. And you can just tell in her developments that she doesn't just look at the return on investment only. And she's building stuff from the ground up. And um, th there's not a lot of women that are building 
commercial real estate from the ground up at this time. I really hope that in 10 years we see that changing because of this momentum that we can build. You watch a woman that you relate to, that you know personally doing big things. It's You just can't uh, put enough emphasis on how important that is. You see this happening all over the industry, but how many women that, you know, it's, it's the same thing with race. I mean, you have to look at, see people that look like you doing the thing you want to do. And it it's, then you're unstoppable. Mm-hmm. If you do not see anyone, it's uh, it's, it feels like a big leap, right? So the momentum is unbelievable. And so we try to showcase and put women and minorities in the forefront of cool things that are happening. Another rock star is Myron McCant, he just built a, I think it's a $4 million, 14,000 square foot, 24 hour childcare facility on Prospect Avenue as a first time developer, ground up, um, had never done it before, worked the political angles, you know, he got some money from the eight cent sales tax. I mean, these things are hard to do. And some of us have been in 26 years, haven't built ground up yet. Um, we've redeveloped things, we've repositioned things. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I try to encourage him and let him know he could do it from the beginning, helped him get the land assembled and it's built and it's open and it's phenomenal. And I think it was the hardest thing he probably ever did in his life, but now he's an expert. He just is. He's an expert and he can inspire how many people who see him and look at him on the prospect corridor and know that they can, not only can they do it, but they could ask him for advice, questions, guidance, and um, and feel like they can do it too. It, it changes everything. Thing I really believe. I love hearing it. How do people connect with this group? Uh, so Wired, we really have been a very loose group. Where, like I said, we just had wine and cheese at a. We tried to have it at a woman-owned restaurant or a woman-owned venue or a venue that someone has just completed a project. And um, and so the the space itself each month is pretty much inspiring. This month we're going to Soiree Steak and Oyster House in the 18th and Vine area. Um, Soiree opened about. Two years ago, she was my client, Anita Moore, Chef Anita Moore, and uh, she has a beautiful venue at 18th and Vine with her amazing menu and her it's her food is art, and she has uh, live jazz, and it's a beautiful facility. So she, it's going to be closed uh, tomorrow night, and uh, it will be just us, and we're highlighting all of the women and minority developers that are um, doing major projects right now in the 18th and Vine corridor. So all you do is get on our email list, which um, we have a membership committee, and you can just email me, and I can get you on the list. But you get invited once you come. If you love it, you, it's easy to join. It's a very low cost to join Wired. And then um, you can just come to our happy hours. We also have coffees on first Friday. So we just get a chance to get together and collaborate. We are not a networking group. We are only for women who invest develop or broker commercial real estate or women who want to do one of those three things. You have to want to invest, develop or broker commercial real estate to be a part of Wired. So we're not we're not like Crew, which is an amazing group also, but that's more of a networking group to find people to work together with. We're really a support and mentoring group for women who are in this very tight space of trying to build wealth through commercial real estate. That's great. We have about three and a half minutes left in the show. What is your best advice that you've ever received that has really helped you in your journey? Maybe some advice you'd like to share with those who um, who are listening today. Well, I'd say I've got a few things that come to mind. One is when you see a property, I usually, if I see a property that I think is really interesting, um, the worst thing you can do is sit and think about it and analyze it too long. The very 
best thing you can do is put it under contract immediately because you can cancel the contract. I mean, you don't want to just put things under contract willy nilly, but you need to get it under control. Uh, a lot of people will will do so much analysis, meet with several people, talk to too many people. And if you don't have it under control, someone else will get it under control and you've wasted all that time because now it's not yours to develop or purchase. So you get it under contract, put your earnest money down, and you do that studying and analyzing during your due diligence period. Um, so just don't, don't wait. You gotta, if you see something and you know it's good, because I have learned, I didn't know this eight years ago when I started buying property or nine, I didn't know the, the innate ability I have and the gut that I have, but now I know because I've had such success that I'm like, why haven't I, again, why didn't I start doing this my third year in? I could be, you know, my net worth statement would look amazing by now. But uh, the, the second thing besides just get it under contract quickly is have your net worth statement ready. Um, any, any of your friends who have their net worth statement can give you a template. Sayard has a template with Landmark Bank, but you want to get your net worth statement locked up and uh, you want it to look great. So if someone says, hey, send me your net worth statement, you've got it. Boom. You can send it that minute. Uh, you don't want to go, uh, you know, have to get with your accountant and it takes two weeks because that'll kill the deal and you can't get it under contract. So have your net worth statement and move quickly with real estate you know is good. I'm kind of afraid to get that document from Sayard, but I, uh, I probably should. <laughs> I don't know. That's a great advice. Some really good practical advice. You've been uh, obviously been involved with site selection. You've been involved with retail, restaurants, commercial real estate. Um, is there one thing that you think, and you've obviously been in Texas, you said, so is there one thing you think um, that Kansas City doesn't have that would really, something that you'd like to see it have it, it, to move the city forward as far as, you know, your world, Cheryl? I thought about this question earlier. Uh, I mean, if there's one thing I think Kansas City needs, it's actually, and it's not about a retailer or a restaurant or a venue. Um, it's really having a very diverse set of developers Again, I just don't think you want the, think of the, the, the big developer you see building everything in Johnson County or even on the plaza. You don't need that developer building every small urban core neighborhood, right? That's not what needs to happen. We need everyone, 50% man, 50% woman, every every color developing their own neighborhood. So we need diverse developers. Um, but I do wish we had a downtown, uh, you know, downtown ballpark or stadium. So that, that, well, that, that's on the way. <laughs> I wish that would happen. I, and also, of course, public transportation. If we can get this right. streetcar moving uh, east and west, that would be great. Very interesting. Um, we have about ten seconds left. What What about the plaza? And just you know, I, I love to see those stores, those retail stores, come back. You know, after COVID and with the new ownership. So, you know, I remember when the plaza was very local and everybody loved the local uh, vibe of the plaza. And then, you know, as a landlord, that can be difficult if you need your, your stability and you need your rent paid. Um, I, I think the Pat Plaza will bounce back. It's an amazing asset and it's, it's a landmark and it will bounce back and retail will come back. Great to hear. Cheryl Vickers has been our guest here on the Grill Nation show, SelectSitesLLC.com. I want to thank Sarah Parrish from Landmark National Bank as well, BankLandmark.com. We appreciate all the listeners joining us. Cheryl, we could have talked for hours about yeah. these, uh, okay. this information. Um, we have some people from LinkedIn commenting. Uh, great job, uh, Cheryl. But anyways, we got to go here. We'll be back next week on the Grill Nation show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.